I can get up here and preach a traditional Mother's Day message. And um, all of us, you know, we all have mothers. They're either here or they're um, in eternity. Uh, some of us have better relationships with our mothers than others. Um, some of us have other experiences where maybe somebody else took you in and they became like a mother to you. So we all have different stories that we can all testify and tell about how somebody was influential in our life, whether it was our own mother or somebody else that God sent. And uh, they're dear to our heart. And sometimes on these special days, it is very difficult because we remember, uh, we remember those special relationships in our life. And so um, I'm not here today to kind of uh, bring up old stories to make you cry by no means. I, I think all of us got to deal with, you know, we all got to deal with that in our own way. If you're struggling this morning, you miss your mother or, or whatever that may be, we all have to struggle through that. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would strengthen you today. I know I was looking at Facebook yesterday and just saw all the pictures of people's mothers about how much they miss their mother and how they could go back just one more time and spend some time with their mother. And I would encourage you today, if your mother is alive and well, pray to spend time with them. Let them know how much you love them and appreciate them. And, you know, there's one thing that once it's gone, you'll never get it back, and that's time. You can recoup money. You can recoup material things, but when, when, when time is gone, it's gone. And so I encourage you that time is the only commodity that you have that once it's gone, it's gone. You can never get it back. And so I encourage you to spend time with your, your, your mother, express your love and appreciation to them. But as I was preparing for this Sunday, and I was really excited to preach because it's been a while since I preached. And so I was thinking about what can I say to mothers in general, but what can I say to people? Because there's, there's other people here that... Uh, um, you know, there's fathers here, there's children here, there's, you know, we're all in different stages of life. And so what can I say to all of us that would mean something to all of us, especially to our mothers? And so this morning, I feel like I'm going to go with the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I feel a nudge of the Holy Spirit to go a certain way. And so this is applicable to all of us, especially to our mothers. And so, but I want all of us to open up our ears and hearts to hear what I feel like the Spirit wants to say. This morning, I've titled the sermon, don't give up. Don't give up. And I think that would be applicable to all of us this morning. Would you agree with that? Don't give up. Now, I want you to shout that with me. Don't give up. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7, hear the words of the Apostle Paul. Do not be deceived. For God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. For he that sows to the flesh and of the flesh will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing. How many can raise your hand and say, I've been weary in well-doing? For in due season, somebody shout due season, we shall reap... If we do not lose heart, pay attention to verse 10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Don't give up. 
Father, we pray that you would anoint me as I speak and declare your word with power and boldness. Open their hearts that they may receive it. We bind, rebuke, and bring to no effect every demonic force of the enemy. Thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And all the church shouted a great big amen. How many would agree with me that following the Lord has its ups and downs? Come on, can I hear an amen? Following Jesus has its ups and its downs. Sometimes it has its highs and sometimes it has its lows. Following Jesus is not necessarily easy all the time, but following Jesus demands obedience. Now we can come to church and sing our songs. We can cry and shout and give our offerings. But when the rubber meets the road, following Jesus is a lifestyle of obedience. It is not about your preferences. It's not about what you like or you dislike. Following Jesus is about total submission and total surrender. Let me make sure you understand that. That means every area of your life is surrender to Jesus. That means your family, your friends, your finances, how you conduct yourself, your attitudes, moods, and your mouth. It's all surrender to Jesus. Following Jesus is about obedience. Now you can come to church and we can do our religious thing, but when it really gets down to it, it's about obedience. Are you totally surrendered to Jesus Christ in every area of your life? And most of us would say no, because it's a daily journey. It's a daily walk. And every day we have to decide that we're going to be totally surrendered to the hand of the Lord. Not in agreement. It's not about whether we agree. It's about being submitted. Submission. I come, I come under the mission of someone else. Sub, come under the mission of someone else. Is my life under the mission of Jesus? Is my life under the mission of Jesus? It's about total submission. And sometimes in this daily journey, it's, it's not easy. You know, the Apostle Paul was clear in Romans chapter 6, verse 18, and they'll have it behind me. I just want you to see this phrase that the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6 and verse 18. He was very clear about the lifestyle of a Christian. And I quote, And having been set free from sin you have become a slave to righteousness. So in other words, when you come to Jesus and you give yourself to Jesus, you have decided that you are a slave to righteousness. In other words, you are a slave to do the right thing. I'm going to say that again. You are a slave to do the right thing. You see, if you're a slave, you don't have your own will. You don't do what you want to do if you're a slave. If you're a slave, you've got to do the will of the master. So when you follow Jesus, you have made a decision that I am going to follow Jesus and I am going to be a slave to do the right thing. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody in here that can wave your hand and say, Pastor, it's hard to do the right thing. But you've got to be a slave to it. Your will has to be submitted to his will. You've got to do the right thing even when you don't feel like doing the right thing. You've got to say the right thing even when you don't feel like you've got to say the right thing. You may want to tell somebody off and give them a piece of your mind, 
But you've got to make a decision. I can't do what I want to do because I'm a slave to righteousness. You may want to just decide. You just want to give up, throw in the towel. It's not worth it. But listen, once you've decided to follow Jesus, you are a slave to righteousness. You don't have your own will anymore. You don't dictate how you want to live your life anymore. You are a slave to righteousness. And I think that would be all applicable to all of us this morning. And the Apostle Paul said, he's dealing with some Christians here, and he says, verse number 9, Galatians 6, verse 9, look at the wording here. He says, and let us not grow weary. Everybody shout us. Everybody shout us again. Who is he talking to? He's talking to Christians, right? The book, if you go to Galatians 1, verse 1 and 2 and 3, he's talking to a church. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's telling Christians, let us not grow weary in well-doing. He's talking to mothers. He's talking to fathers. He's talking to the church. Let us. Don't grow weary in doing what's right. Everybody shout that out with me. I can't grow weary in doing what's right. Now, you know what's interesting? Man, I get so excited. He says, don't grow weary in doing what's right. But you see, sometimes, and I, I believe sometimes we're the worst at it, Pentecostals and myself included, sometimes we're just worse at taking one scripture and preaching about it and not really looking at the context. But look at the context, verse 10. I'm, I'm going to get happy here. You ready? Verse 10, he says, Therefore, as you have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Everybody say, do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Stop. Did you get it? He said, don't grow weary in doing what's right, especially when it comes to the church. He says, if you're a part of the church... Don't grow weary in doing what's right. Sometimes when we're part of the church, we want to say, I, I don't want to serve any longer. I'm going to give up. I don't like this. I don't like that. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says that if you're a part of the church, you can't grow weary. And you, especially if you're in the household of faith, you've got to continue to do what's right in the church even when you're weary. Did you hear what I just said? He says, if you're a part of the church, if you're a part of the household of faith, you've got to learn to do what's right when you don't feel like doing what's right. Woo! Therefore, you know, I don't know, pastor. I don't know if I, the church offended me. I, I, I don't know if I could ever come back. He says, don't give up on doing what's right, even when it's in the church. You've got to keep on doing what's right, even when people hurt you. You've got to keep on doing what's right, even when people don't speak to you. You've got to keep on doing what's right, even when people look at you the wrong way in church and you think, Boy, I thought they were a Christian. Paul says, listen, you've got to do what's right and don't grow weary in doing what's right, even in the household of faith. Somebody wave your hand and say, that's right, pastor. 
You got if you're going to do what's right, you got to continue to do what's right even in the church. You know, I was I was looking at the scripture and it's interesting that he's making this plea to them. He says the first place that you should not grow weary in, you shouldn't grow weary in the church. You should, especially when it comes to the household of faith, don't grow weary in it. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit's for, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit is to strengthen you to do what's right even when you don't want to do what's right. The power of the Holy Spirit is to give you the strength to be committed to righteousness even when you don't feel like it's right. I'm going to say that again. Y'all ready for it? The power of the Holy Spirit is to give you the strength to be committed to righteousness when righteousness isn't easy. When somebody hurts you, when somebody hurts you and you got a bad taste in your mouth, how do I know you got the Holy Spirit? You don't stay home on Sunday morning. You come to church because you're not going to grow weary in well-doing. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is the strength that keeps you in the choir when you don't got a solo. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the strength to serve when you're not promoted and you're not esteemed and you're not recognized. And we want to leave and say, how dare them not recognize me because I'm so gifted. But the Spirit of God keeps you committed. It keeps you doing what's right, even in the household of faith. You see what I'm saying? He says, don't you grow weary. Don't you grow weary in the household of faith. Don't you give up doing what's right, especially in the household of faith. Now, I said all this to say this. Put that scripture. Now I'm just going to teach a Bible study and I'm going to go home. This is powerful. Are y'all ready for this? Galatians 6 verse 9. I want to point out something here. Okay, look at the scripture. Let us, he's talking to Christians, not grow weary while doing good. For in due season you'll reap if you do not lose heart. Look at the word do. D-U-E. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season. Now, I don't want to bore you with Greek words, but you know, Greek was the original translation of the New Testament. So to find out the original meaning of a word, occasionally you go back and you find out what that particular word means. The word do there, it's translated over 113 times. 61 of those times is translated own, O-W-N. In this scripture, he translated the word do. The original translation do is actually own, own season. So put the verse back up there, and this is what he's actually saying. Galatians 6, verse 9. Now I'm going to insert what the Greek says. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in your own season, you will reap. So, so, what are you saying? 
I ain't want to give up. I'm getting discouraged. But Paul is saying, listen, you can't give up doing what's right, even when it's the church, because he says, I want to encourage you because you're going to have your own season in your life where God is going to repay you for everything. So, so that means all of you have your own season. Your season is not my season. When I reap, I'm going to reap at a different time than you reap. You're going to reap at a different time than I reap. But the Apostle Paul says, don't get discouraged on doing what's right because I want to remind you, you got your own season coming. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and say, Pastor, I want my own? Are you all excited about this or is this just me? Are you all excited about this or is it me? Can you just wave your hand and say, thank God for my own season? My own season. Now, hold on. So, look at the original translation. If you look at the Greek, I just switched the words. Looked it up in the Greek, and the last phrase, do not lose heart, was actually a bad translation. So this is the original rendering of this scripture. Go to the translation, Jeremy. This is the original translation of Galatians 6, 9. This is what it says in the Greek. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in its own season, we shall reap when we get weary. Now, the question is, that's good shouting territory. Boy, I'm glad I have my own season. I'm glad God's going to repay, God's going to bless me in my own time. But when is it going to happen, preacher? How many would agree with me? When is it going to happen, preacher? I mean, I'd like to reap today. But notice, the original translation says, in your own season, you're going to reap when you get weary. So it tells me that when you're at your lowest point, when you're about ready to give up, when you are at your very, very, very darkest time of your life and the lowest moment that you could ever experience when you are weary, the Apostle Paul says, hold on, because that is your season to reap when you get weary. So when you feel like you want to give up, when you feel like you want to throw in the towel, when you feel like it's not worth it anymore, when you get weary... It's going to be your season. You see, sometimes people give up at the break of the day. Sometimes people give up too soon. Sometimes people let excuses hinder them. But you see, the Apostle Paul is very clear that you can't give up on doing what's right. You are a slave to righteousness. You are a slave to do the right thing. It's not about if you feel like it. It's not about if you think it's right. You are a slave to do the right thing and you can't give up doing what's right. He says, especially in the household of faith, you can't give up what's doing. You can't give up in the church. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in the church, he says. Continue to do what's right. And then he uses that rendering. 
He says, in your own season, God has a designated season for each of us to reap. My season is not your season, and your season is not my season, but in his timing, he'll make sure you reap. In your own season. And when does that happen, ladies and gentlemen? It happens when you're at the darkest moment of your life. When you are the weariest. When you get weary is when you start to reap. In closing, some people use this scripture as spiritual karma. Is that the right word? Is karma the right word? Like whatever you, whatever goes around. Is that the right word? So people use this scripture. Boy, I've been in church all my life and people do this. You better watch because what you reap is what you're going to sow, brother. How, how many has ever heard that before? And they'll say, God is not mocked. You're going to reap if you're not careful. Well, let me just, let, let me, I'm a student of the Bible. And I've got to correct something here. That's not necessarily true. Because some of you have sowed a lot of stuff you haven't yet reaped. Can I hear an amen? So it, it, it's not true. What goes around comes around. That's manipulative to tell people that. Because you know you've done things in your life you haven't yet reaped. And you're praying every day, God, please don't let me reap that. Can I hear an amen? And some of you mothers is thinking, I know it, I'm reaping through my children. Can I hear an amen? But some of the stuff that we've done in our life, we don't reap. It's God's grace and mercy that we don't reap it. And I'm thankful for God's grace. And I'm thankful for God's mercy that we don't reap it all. But, but listen, listen. But what is Paul trying to say here? You've got to look at the context. It's not about reaping. Hold on. It's about where you sow. Right? Verse 8. It's about where, not what. For he that sows to the flesh reaps corruption. He that sows to the Spirit reaps everlasting life. Hold on. It's not about what comes around, goes around, what goes around, comes around. It's not this spiritual karma that we got to tell people, you got to be careful because God's going to get you. It's not about that. That's all what Paul is saying. Paul is simply addressing the issue that you can't give up, even in the household of faith. Why? The context was Judaizers. That's the historical context. That's what's going through his mind. There's people coming in trying to change the doctrine. He's telling people, don't give up. Stay strong in the household of faith. And he says, you've got to be careful how you respond to these people. It's not about what, it's about where. Where are you sowing in your life? Are you sowing in the flesh? Or are you sowing in the spirit? That is the key to this verse. And listen, you've got to ask yourself every day, where am I sowing my thoughts at? Where am I sowing my actions at? Where am I sowing this at? And if you if, if you be if you'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen, that determines the motive. Why do you do what you do? Why do you forgive people? Why do you help people in need? Why do you tithe? Why do you go to church? If your motive is wrong, you're sowing to the flesh. 
But if your motive is right, you're so into the Spirit. Listen, some people are incapable of paying you back. You can love people, no matter how kind you are to somebody, they will never be kind to you. No matter how much you love them, they'll never love you back. No matter how much you pray for them, they'll never, they'll never pray for you. And the Apostle Paul says it doesn't matter if they love you back. It doesn't matter if they're kind to you back. If you're only doing it to get their approval, you are so into the flesh. But if you can do it without their approval, you are sowing it to the Spirit. If you can come to church hurt and still worship God, you are sowing to the Spirit and you're not sowing to the flesh. And how many of us come to church so into the flesh all the time? I'm going to sit here. I'm mad and upset. The pastor didn't shake my hand. He didn't do this. She didn't do that. You know what you're doing? Your motive is wrong, and you're so into the flesh. And that's why you're not reaping an everlasting harvest. If you can come to the household of faith and learn to praise God in spite of what people think about you, in spite of what people said about you, in spite of all the hurt, you're so into the spirit. You don't need their approval. You don't need the likes on Facebook. You are so into the spirit. Are you so into the spirit or the flesh? It's not about what, it's about where you're sowing it at. I sow in the Spirit. My motivation for being righteous, my motivation for doing what's right is not for your approval. My motivation in doing what's right is I'm sowing in the Spirit. I'm not sowing to the flesh. I don't... I can... I can be strong up under pressure because I'm sowing to the Spirit. I do what I do not because of you. I walk in righteousness. I do what's right. I, I am not going to get weary in my well-doing because my righteousness is not based upon what you say or do. I am doing it because of my relationship with God. And I realize that when I do it, I'm not doing it for your approval or motivation. I'm doing it for Him. And if I do it for Him, I sow in the Spirit. I sow in the Spirit. And when you sow in the Spirit, you reap an everlasting harvest. You can sow in the flesh. You can sow in the spirit. I was reading the scripture this week. This scripture, I just, I mean, I just, it, it was like a buffet. Sitting there, and I'm reading the scripture. And you know, I get so happy. God bless the person I marry. I get so happy. I just get up and I dance and I shout because the word of God. Because I'm reading the scripture. And I'm, I keep saying, Josh, in your own season, you're going to reap if you don't go weary. And church, I want to let you know that this church is going to reap in its own season if we don't get weary, if we don't get tired, if we don't give up. We're going to reap everything that God said that we're going to reap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we're going to reap. You can't, you can't give up. 
Don't give up because God has a destined season for you to reap. And when do I reap? You reap when you get weary, when you're at your darkest moment. How, how do I know that winter is coming? When it gets cold outside and you set your clocks back. How do I know that fall is on its way? When the leaves start to change and there's a cool breeze. When do I know that summer is upon us? When they're working outside of my house at 6.30, working on those dang roads for the past six weeks. But I'm a slave to righteousness. So I got to do what's right instead of giving them a dirty look. Come on, somebody help me out. So. In other words, there's indicators to indicate to us that a season is changing. Put the original translation up there again, please. How do I know something's getting ready to change? Jeremy, put the original translation that I, that I had, please. How do I know that it's getting ready to change because God's going to do it in His timing. It's going to be in our own season. He has a designated season for it. And then it's going to happen when you get weary at the most. That's when it's going to happen. Mothers, maybe you're here today and you're discouraged because your children, you've prayed and prayed and prayed for your kids. They're not in the household of faith. Mothers, maybe you're hurt because you've experienced years of neglect. Maybe neglect from your children. Maybe you feel hurt, mothers, because you've gave all that you've given and nothing is returning back to you. Maybe you didn't get a phone call this morning. Maybe you didn't get flowers to wish you a happy Mother's Day. But so to the Spirit. It's nice to get things in return. It's nice to hear nice things. But God's command to us is do what's right even when you don't hear it. Do what's right even when you feel unloved. So to the Spirit. Don't, don't, don't let your heart get mad and angry and bitter because then you'll sow to the flesh. Turn the other cheek. And so do the Spirit. Jesus said, forgive them 70 times 7. Don't tell them off. That's so into the flesh. So to the Spirit. Forgive them. Turn to the other cheek. Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. How can I do that? Because you've got to learn to sow to the Spirit. Not to the flesh. What does it mean to sow to the Spirit? This is what it means. I'm not going to give up in doing what's right, even when I have the right to treat them wrong. I have the right to do it. I have the right not to attend church. I have the right to look the other way. They hurt me. I have the right to do this. No, you don't. You are a slave 
to righteousness. Change your heart. Do what's right, even when you feel it's, that you can't do it. So to the Spirit. Change the way you think. Adjust your mindset. Start sowing to the Spirit. And in the end, you're going to reap eternal life. Let me tell you something. I'm not telling you anything that I haven't learned and am doing and struggle to do. It's a struggle to love certain family members. <laughs> it's a struggle to call them on the phone and say, I love you. It's a struggle. But I'm not doing it for their approval or whether they do it back or not because that's the flesh. I do it because it's the right thing I'm a slave to righteousness and I'm going to sow to the Spirit. You've got to sow to the Spirit. Hallelujah. God is good. <laughs>